Welcome to a special holiday edition of Brothers Watching Disney. I'm Matt. And I'm Jeremy. And we're two brothers who love watching Disney Christmas movies. Hey everyone, and Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Day, and this is the Brothers Watching Disney Christmas special. We're super excited about this, you know. Uh, we just finished our, our season one, and uh, we are taking a little bit of a break before season two, but we couldn't pass this up. I mean, come on. Our our posting day was Christmas Day. We had to do a Christmas special. And it certainly helped that we have you know just enough time to research, record, edit, and put an episode out, have it ready for you Christmas Day. You know, naturally, some of you are going to rather spend the day with your families or something and listen to this later. And I guess that's okay. Is that too condescending? Or do you like it? We'll go with it. <laughs> hey, hey, our episodes are like 30 minutes. That is the average travel time to family gatherings. You have time. <laughs> <laughs> we are saying this. We're chastising people who aren't even, who are, you know, <laughs> after the fact. Anyway, um, when it came to the two of us talking about what we wanted to do for the Christmas special, I don't think there was any question uh, about what this was. This is a, a movie that is special to both of us. We watched it as we were kids. In fact, um, the last time I watched it, I was a kid before preparing for this one. I know that you've watched it a lot more often, but... Um, it's such a it's such a cool uh, short. So this is Mickey's Christmas Carol from 1983. So a huge jump in time for us. Last time, uh, you know, season one ended in the 60s. Now here we are in the 80s. Yeah, we're making a little bit of a jump. Uh, our next film was supposed to be 1970. And instead, we're 13 years ahead. And with that time jump, we're going to end up with several new characters who by the time that we would actually get to this time frame are are not necessarily new people for us to talk about, but they are at least new to us now. Like you're going to have uh, new actors for Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Jimmy Cricket and all these other different things. Um, people who would become standards for Disney voice acting. For those of you who love our tributes to the voice cast of these films... Uh, this episode is going to be a special treat for you because this this short, and it is a short, it's, what, 24, 26 minutes? Yes. Uh, this short is basically a who's who of modern classic Disney voice cast. Save for a few notable exceptions. Which we'll get to in due time. Yeah, right. But first, let's kind of talk about uh, the background of this. Uh, it is based on A Christmas Carol, the book by Charles Dickens about a miserly old Scrooge learning the value of the Christmas spirit through hauntings. <laughs> it's a seasonal ghost story. <laughs> yeah, like the stuff that they talk about in the It's a Most Wonderful Time of the Year, that song. <laughs> uh, so this is not the first adaptation of A Christmas Carol that Disney has done, though it is the first video adaptation mm -hmm. it was a audio musical back in the 70s yeah 1974 was released as a 
record. You could pop it on your LP player and and have a listen. And a young actor, uh, no pun intended, uh, helped co-write the adaptation, an actor by the name of Alan Young. And then he ended up doing most of the voices, including Mickey Merlin, who in this adaptation was the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, but the cool thing about Alan Young is that he actually sticks around to do one of those voices for quite a long time. He is going to be the voice for Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, and it actually happened accidentally. Years later, an actor friend of Young's asked him to help him with his Scottish brug for a part. Young, who was a native Scotsman, and he'd worked for years to perfect his American accent, was glad to help. But then when he saw the script, he recognized it because he'd written it. <laughs> Disney was doing a film adaptation. And so he called Disney to request an audition for the part of Scrooge. And, you know, eventually he found out that they had considered him, but they didn't think that he would be willing to do an animated film. <laughs> and he responded, uh, this is going to be relevant in a second, uh, I worked in television for five years with a talking horse. At this point in my career, nothing is beneath me. <laughs> right, because he was on um, Mr. Ed? He was Wilbur in Mr. Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was the, the human lead in Mr. Ed. Wow, yeah. I'm, I'm just so glad that Alan Young came to do Scrooge McDuck, and you and I both have an attachment to his voice role, because only a few years later, he is going to take on the role in the TV show DuckTales. And that's a big part of both of our childhood. And, I mean, really, truly, I know that there was someone else who did Scrooge McDuck before. I'm not even 100% sure. And even in the reboot, you know, the amazing David Tennant took a swing at the character. But I only hear Alan Young as Scrooge McDuck. Period. <laughs> I know. And this, you know, this may come as somewhat of a shock to, you know, some of our peers who grew up on DuckTales like us. But Scrooge was not a major part of the Disney brand at this point. He wasn't even a, a minor part. He had had two other appearances before this. Only one in animation. He was on one other audio record as a bit part. And then he was in an educational short called Scrooge McDuck and Money. And that was it. I mean, he was actually kind of even, um, maybe not necessarily a villainous character, but definitely not a... Uh... Definitely not a hero. His namesake is the character that he plays in this movie. So he's meant to be like a miserly type of, type of character. Oh, yes. He is absolutely named for Ebenezer. <laughs> it wasn't until this short was you know as successful as it was that Gary Chrysol or Chrysol, I'm not sure how you say his name, uh, who was an executive at Disney Television at the time, and he knew Young from college... And he was actually the one who initially brought Alan Young on to work on the the record album in the 70s. You know, he called up Alan to come audition for this new television show that he was working on based around characters from the Karl Barks comic books, you know, based around Donald Duck and his extended family, mm -hmm. which included Scrooge McDuck. Right. And so here we are 30 years later and you know, Scrooge McDuck is just He's a... is, is up there. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm like you, I, don't get me wrong, I really enjoy David Tennant's take in the new DuckTales, but every other actor I've heard do Scrooge since 
Alan's passing has been a, a pale imitation. Right. Not to say that they are, you know, bad actors or actresses, of course. It's just, it's one of those things where, you know, he did the character for almost, what, 30 years? Closer to 40, if you count the LP. Right. He did it until, like, 2016. And that's just, uh, again, to, you do a character that long, I mean, you ha- it has to be. It, you, it has to be so linked to you, especially when you go with DuckTales and the DuckTales movie and the DuckTales video games. And then, you know, he appears in, in any Disney properties, the Kingdom Hearts video games, you know, mm-hmm. he's just, and then you think about the nineties with that Disney block, you know, like that was big time. The Disney afternoon, you know, I would rush home after school to come watch the Disney afternoon. Yeah, it was, it, it was just. You know, and then you see a lot of these other guys, you know, coming in here as well. Mm-hmm. And you got Wayne Allwine being Mickey Mouse, who was the Mickey Mouse for my entire childhood. You know, it, it just I was like, oh, yes, I, I feel like this. I recognize this. I love the funny fact that I did not know <laughs> that it's continuing the tradition that the person who takes over Mickey Mouse worked as a Foley artist. So he actually worked under Jimmy McDonald as a Foley artist before becoming the voice of Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not looked into it, but I'm assuming that that is not the case for uh, the new Mickey Mouse Brett E1. Is it E1 or I1? I, I've always said I1 in my head, but it, it could be E1. I mean, I, I... From from what I read, Brett never actually even got to meet Wayne. He was hired because Wayne's health started to decline. Right. But then it declined much sharper than expected, and uh, and then he was gone. But this is actually Wayne Alvine's first major outing as Mickey Mouse. You know, he had done a few lines here and there for the new Mickey Mouse Club, you know, since the late 70s. Mm-hmm. But this is the, the first theatrical release. So this is his first time portraying Mickey... In a, in a major production. Uh, and then because uh, Disney voice artists are multitaskers, Wayne was also one of the two uh, graveyard weasels. Mm-hmm. And he was Otto, the beggar dog, in the beginning. Yes. And then on the opposite side of that coin, we have Clarence Nash as Donald Duck. Who is the original Donald Duck. The original Donald Duck from 1934. 50 years later, still doing this voice. Mm. You know, we were just commenting about these guys doing doing their voices for 30 years. And here Clarence Nash is doing this one for 50 years. And this is his last time, or his last major time, doing Donald's voice. You know, he does a few promotional materials in uh, 84, 85. And then he passes away in 85. And passes the torch on to Tony Anselmo, mm-hmm. who's still doing the voice today. Right. It's funny to me that Mickey's on his fourth and kind of fifth voice, if you count Chris Diamantopoulos. Yes, there are two voice actors for Disney, uh, for Mickey Mouse, <laughs> playing simultaneously. You have Brett, who is considered the main voice. And then, yeah, for the when they brought back the classical cartoons... Uh, you had uh, I call him, I call him Mo from the uh, from the Three Stooges reboot movie. 
I can't because I can't say his last name. But yes, Chris. Oh, I, I practiced that all afternoon in case it came up. <laughs> but Donald Duck is Clarence Nash, Tony Anselmo. And like for one series, they've got one other guy doing it. Daniel Ross, that was the guy in like Mickey Mouse's Roads to Racers. A, sp- a spinoff of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. A couple other people to, that we can quickly go through. Uh, Daisy is in here for a very short amount of time uh, as Scrooge's lover, which is, by the way, hilarious. Uh, played by Patricia Paris. This is her only time that she ever plays Daisy Duck. Mm-hmm. And then it's going gonna, it's gonna to switch around until it becomes uh, Trace McNeil in the late 90s. Uh, Tra- uh, Trace McNeil, uh, that we would know her most as Dot. Uh, from Anime Next, but she is a, a very talented, very prolific uh, voice actor. Mm-hmm. Still working today. Yeah, but we're not talking about Tress McNeil. We're talking about uh, Patricia Paris. This is her only outing as Daisy Duck, but she does do the voice for uh, both Kanga and Christopher Robin's mother mm. in the Winnie the Pooh shorts in the 80s. Gotcha, okay. And she's the only woman in the cast. Yeah. Everybody else is dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking about it being Daisy. Uh, some of the international versions, I guess because you know the Charles Dickens story isn't as ubiquitous as it is here. So the characters are just referred to by their character names rather than, you know, it's Mickey Mouse instead of Bob Cratchit or whatever. Okay. And instead of being Daisy, this character is called Goldie O'Gilt. Which is a love interest of Scrooge from, again, the Carl Barks comic books. But that's that's beyond <laughs> that's, the scope. That of, is that is. Uh, we are going, folks. We are going way beyond uh, the scope of the actual movie. We haven't even talked about the story. But before <laughs> we get there, we will have a, a couple others um, because I do. Uh, there are two that I want to I want to shout out uh, for different reasons. Um, so the first one is uh, Eddie Carroll uh, stepped in and did Jiminy Cricket. And listening to him, I thought he did a fantastic job of of playing Jiminy in a way that sounds like Cliff Edwards. Uh, I thought that that was, I thought it was, I was like, wow, he's doing such a good job. Oh, yeah. And he, he was, you know, the official voice of Jiminy uh, from 1973 all the way up until his death in 2010. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, through all of our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And then there's Hal Smith, who did Goofy. And I, you know, I mean, I know that, that Hal Smith does Goofy for a while, but it threw me off, man. Because I am so used to, I mean, you know, the Pinto Colvig has such a cool sound. And then... You know, we were raised on Bill Farber mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the way that he does the voice. So listening to Hal Smith, I was like, wow, this this sounds off. It didn't feel like goofy to me. I'm like you. I I see sort of the through line, the elements that he was trying to pick up in his portrayal. And, you know, I certainly see where you know, I could see the endpoints in Pinto and Bill. But but you're right that, you know, Hal doesn't really connect those dots very well. If I'm making a good analogy there. Right. Uh, but Hal was you know, a number of other Disney characters. He originated the role of Owl mm. in the Winnie the Pooh shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, he took over Pooh after Sterling Holloway retired. 
Mm-hmm. He also took over a couple of other roles from Pinto after Pinto passed away, uh, like Grumpy and Sleepy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, since we keep bringing back DuckTales, uh, he did <laughs> uh, some major recurring characters, uh, Gyro Gearloose and Flintheart Glomgold. Right. And uh, he was also the two or three lines that Rat <laughs> from Mr. Toad gave us. Yes, yes. Like you said, it's just, they're, they're pulling these characters and having them kind of cover all these bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't mentioned Will Ryan as uh, Willie the Giant and Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, his was also a little off, too. I was like, what? I'm like, that just doesn't, it didn't sound right. But then, of course, I was like, wait a second. Of course, because I'm used to Jim Cummings doing it. <laughs> right. And and Pete's voice, and when, you, when you listen to a lot of the Pete voices over the years, Pete is is generally the, the most inconsistent. Because mm-hmm. he, he sort of jumps all over the place. Right. Uh, but I do think that he did a, a fairly faithful uh, version of Willie the Giant. I can agree with that, yes. Absolutely. This is the first time we've seen Willie uh, for a while, right? Yeah, this is for both of the major characters that he does here. Uh, Willie and Pete, this is their first appearance in, you know, 30 some odd years. Yeah. You know, even longer. Right. Because Willie hasn't appeared since Mickey and the Beanstalk. Mm-hmm. And I think Pete, Pete's last appearance was in, uh, was in some shorts in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, talking about our multitaskers, we've got uh, Will Ryan covering Mole and our other Graveyard Weasel. Right. And then, of course, um, a, uh, not a major actor or anything like that, but obviously the mouse children uh, were done by Dick Billingsley mm-hmm. for his handful of lines. And he also uh, played Rue in mm. one of the... Winnie the Pooh shorts. Got it. Winnie the Pooh and a day for Eeyore. Okay. And I do, even though this person's lines didn't end up in the final film, I do have one more voice actor. Uh, Russie Taylor recorded dialogue as Minnie Mouse, Mm. as Emily Cratchit, Mm -hmm. which, again, would have been her first time as the character. But they cut her. they, They ended up cutting her lines. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yep. So that rounds out the cast. And so we just had to take a little uh, a little side trip down that lane. So, yeah, now that we've got through all that, uh, we would love to get into the story. Uh, number one thing that I want to say is, um, and I don't know if this is something that they were typically doing once we start looking into season two. Uh, I might I might embarrass myself. But I thought it was really cool that they still had that classic-looking Buena Vista distribution slate at the very beginning. The stuff that you would see, like, in Lady in the Tramp and Sleeping Beauty. I'm like, oh, it's still there. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. that I actually saw somewhere uh, that uh, this was the the last theatrical short to have that on the next major short, which I think was Prince and the Pauper. Mm-hmm. They switched to a new the Walt Disney Pictures the Walt Disney Pictures intro and outro yeah that again we all grew up with mm-hmm. so um, that's my first that was my first observation like that's really cool and I personally really like the um, like the starburst Mickey head on the starburst because to me that's the classic 
that's the classic shorts intro. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was trying to draw inspiration from that uh, without being a direct ripoff and <laughs> thus getting mm-hmm. us copyright strikes uh, when I was trying to design our logo. And so that's that Starburst logo is what I was going for. Right. The other thing that I uh, that I noted that I was super surprised about was how short this thing was. Uh, it's just, it's one of those, again, I haven't seen it in like 20 years. And so when you're a kid, everything feels different. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sure, I'm sure this is like an hour, but no. And it just moves, you know? It's crazy. I just, when you compare it to the original story, I just feel like it was like, go, 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 go. It was, it was so strange to me. See, I almost had the opposite effect, you know, watching other versions of Christmas Carol later after having watched this one. You know, I was like, oh, I don't remember this part. And because for those of you who haven't seen Mickey's Christmas Carol, uh, first of all, why are you listening to this podcast? Stop this and go pull up your Disney's Plus and go watch it. (laughs) Second of all, what's not included in Mickey's Christmas Carol, uh, the flashbacks to Scrooge as a schoolboy. The scenes at Fred's house in the present, which kind of makes sense because they already cast Daisy as Scrooge's love interest, so they can't also have her as as Donald. Yes. And then uh, we don't really get much in the future. There's also sort of that uh, transition period of you know where you know most versions have the Ghost of Christmas Present growing very old at the end of the day. Yeah. And. You know, some versions like the the Jim Carrey version having the, the creepy children coming out from around his legs. Yes, which is, I believe, based on the book. Yeah, it's it's from the book. Like, I think that's the element that gets cut from most. Right. I was surprised when I saw other adaptations because at the end of this film, you know, Scrooge stays with the Cratchits and he has celebration with them. Whereas in other versions, he spends time with the Cratchits and then he goes off to his nephews. Right. Which, you know, again, you know, we already talked about Daisy. And <laughs> uh, one thing I did not mention when we were talking about Clarence Nash and Tony Anselmo is I think uh, Tony Anselmo's Donald is a little more intelligible than Clarence's. <laughs> right, yeah. Because, you know, Tony Anselmo, as you can kind of understand what he's saying, whereas Clarence Nash's is more like. <laughs> Another thing that uh, was just so interesting was, um, you know, just how Scrooge is a jerk, right? Yeah. Like, to the point where, like, he is, like, frightening and intimidating to those around him. I don't really see that with Scrooge, with this, with with Scrooge McDuck's. Like, even when you, when you look at, like, um, like, uh... (laughs) Michael Kine over in Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, he's actually easy more frightening than than this version. And I guess, I mean, that's purposely. But even you go and look in, um, you know, at the, the later adaptations of, of Christmas Carol. Like, it's just, it, he's always a lot more darker. We're here. He's, he's more silly. And, I mean, even, like. Because no other. Well, no, I take that back. Because Scrooge does have one-liners, even in the book. I mean, because, you know, in the, in this film we have, And his will Marley left me enough money to pay for this tombstone. And I had him buried at sea. <laughs> right. But then when you get to 
this is one of my favorite lines from the book. This is when he sees Marley. He says, there's more of gravy than of grave of you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of beef. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I always, that's a, that's a line that I remember very distinctly uh, from future adaptions where I'm like, that's a silly line. Like, it sounds weird to me. But um, the only time that that scene got even crazier was when Bill Murray did it in the 80s on the movie Scrooged, which, hey, listeners, if you haven't seen Scrooged, that is a really, really funny 1980s-centric version of uh, the Christmas Carol. Just real quick, I want to read down. These are other Disney characters who appear in the short uh, without dialogue or with very minimal dialogue. Ferdy Field Mouse, who is Mickey's nephew. Melody Mouse, who is Minnie's niece. Uh, J. Thaddeus Toad as Mr. Fezziwig. The Big Bad Wolf is a street corner Santa. The Three Little Pigs. Gus the Goose are in the party sequence at Fezziwig's. Peter Pig, Patty Pig, Clarabelle Cow, Horace Horse Collar, Clara Cluck, Grandma Duck, Chip and Dale, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, Bongo and Lulabelle. Uh, Cocky Locky from the first version of Chicken Little that Disney did. Uncle Waldo from the Aristocats. Uh, Angus McBadger does appear. The Secretary Bird from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Lady Cluck, Sis, and Tagalong from Robin Hood. Skippy and Toby from Robin Hood. Mother Rabbit and Grandmother Owl from Robin Hood. Uh, we mentioned Otto from Robin Hood. Uh, two of the Three Little Wolves, which was a sequel to The Three Little Pigs. Cyril Proudbottom, and, you know, of course, some of the weasels. Yeah, I, I would say Cyril uh, stood out the most to me. I was like, hey, it's, 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 oh, no, I can't remember his name. All I remember is Jay Pat O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thought it was so cool for them to bring in all those different characters. That from, I mean, at this point, we're talking about 50 years of film, almost, that they start bringing in uh, all these different characters. It, it was It was so cool. Oh, yeah. Like I some of these characters I had to like go back and look. I mean, they're they're literally in there for three or four frames. I, I actually have to go back and look. I don't know where I have to look and find the screenshot of Bungo and Lulabelle because I don't I don't remember yeah, seeing them. I don't remember seeing them. There's not really any water effects in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But how about that snow at the beginning and end? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I thought it was really cool. I mean, it's, I mean, I had to specifically sit there and watch and try to figure out, okay, are these moving together? Are these, you know, are these connected? Are these just moving independently of each other? Right, right. A few other little references to uh, past films. I remember we specifically mentioned in Pinocchio, the hopping camera for Jiminy Cricket. And that makes a return here. Yes, I do. I remember seeing that. That was super, uh, super funny. I was like, oh, they're doing that thing. And, you know, which, again, I I don't know if I mentioned it at the time, but you know, I was more familiar with it from this, from this movie than I was from Pinocchio. Oh. And then I feel like, I feel like the sequence with Willie the Giant walking around. Fun and Fancy Free. Is very similar to the end of Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah. And like, you know, he lifts up that roof and the lady screams and all that. <laughs> and I, I just really like when he picks up the street light and pulls off the top and it's his flashlight. <laughs> it's a flashlight, yes. <laughs> and this was another effect that I really liked. 
I've always liked it, and I paid special attention to it this time around. But where Scrooge is going to bed, and he's moving the candle around, and you see the lighting in the room change when he, when he puts it under the nightstand, when he puts it under the bed, you see the lighting in the room change because the source of the light is moving around. Right, right, yeah, yeah, of course. That was that was super cool. Oh, I, I love that. Just uh, overall, just a great animation. Just a really fun take on the story. My wife and I have been talking a lot this year about Christmas traditions. You know, you know what's important to us, especially with everything that's going on. And you know, two things that really stood out to me that have always been big to me have been some version of Christmas Carol, but then going to Disney. You know, that's sort of a a feature of the way that we grew up. Right. And, and in some ways, I think that this, you know, watching this sort of scratches both those itches. And then at the same time, it sort of, you know, it has something to do with them being there in the first place. Yeah, it's it makes it part of you. Yeah, it, you know, this was such a big part of the, my childhood. And, you know, like you said, we watched it most years growing up. And it, you know, it was a big deal to me that when, you know, I... You know, moved out on my own and, you know, got my own copy of it and you know, was able to watch it on my own. Like you said, you hadn't uh, watched it in a number of years. Right. But I have, I've seen a little more frequently than that. Uh, I've definitely seen it, you know, at least once or twice since I've been married uh, before watching it for this. And so just the fact that, you know, we, you know, we get to continue on with these traditions, even in the midst of everything else we got going on, you know, it just, you know, we're able to get down to the core of, you know, what this season is all about. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know I let you just, uh, just let you keep going. That was good stuff, man. You're going to let me pontificate a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and obviously, yeah, of course, Christmas traditions. And this one is again, really special. Uh, to us, I know that there have been Disney Christmas movies. I know there's been Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas and Twice Upon a Christmas and all this other stuff. But we seeing, uh, you know, this is, again, this is a part of our childhood. And it just feels that classic Disney. I don't know what it is about, like, old school Disney where it's not quite a kid's movie. You know, it's... Whereas now I feel like, of course, a lot of what I'm exposed to is Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But, you know, like Disney, like a lot of the newer Disney does, uh, especially with the main characters, just feels kind of more kid centric. While this one just it feels different, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's because of the fact that, you know, we watched and we're as we were kids. Now we're grown up and it grew up with us. I don't know. Well, and, you know, Christmas Carol is at. You know, a timeless story. I mean, this is something that Charles Dickens wrote, you know, in the late 1800s. You know, here we are in 2020. I don't know that anybody's released a version of it this year, but you know, there are still adaptations being made. All the time. All the time. I'm almost certain. I, don't, I couldn't name it, but there was an adaptation made last year, I'm pretty sure. And it, because it's just such a, a timeless classic tale. Well, with that, we want to wish everyone, again, 
uh, a very Merry Christmas. This has been a blast <laughs> to be able to come and do this, and uh, we are super excited for season two coming soon ish. <laughs> soon ish. Uh, early 2021. So we'll see you guys next time on Brothers Watching Disney. Thank you for listening and for making our first six months of podcasting so great. For show updates, you can follow us on Facebook. We're Brothers Watching Disney Podcast. We wish you all Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we look forward to seeing you all in the new year.